latest episode of Public Power Now. I'm Paul Schimpoli, News Director at APPA. Our guest on this episode is Paul Zumo, Director for Research and Development, APPA. Paul is here to discuss the recent release of the Municipal Utility Community Solar Workbook, a free how-to guide for utilities interested in exploring community solar. Paul, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thank you, Paul. Glad to join you again. Sure thing. So, Paul, um, get things started. I'm guessing that most of our listeners have some idea of what community solar is, but for those who may not, could you provide a, a description of community solar and also detail its benefits? Absolutely. I guess I'll start with the uh, dictionary definition provided by the Department of Energy, which uh, defines community solar as any solar project or purchasing program in which the benefits flow to multiple customers. So uh, elaborating on that, I view community solar as sort of a hybrid between utility scale generation and capacity and distributed solar rooftop. Um, So what we have are um, somewhat medium range facilities. Usually this, usually the community solar project has um, one to two megawatts of capacity, maybe a little bit less, a little bit more, depending on the the program design. Um, and, And in this case, Basically, the utility, in one form or another, develops a solar project, and um, the members of the community, and they could be business community, it could be residential, can subscribe to the project and um, and basically get some of the benefits of having uh, solar uh, generation, and it kind of gets dis- dispersed throughout the uh, the member community a little bit more. Um, in terms of benefits, I'm going to approach this. Uh, two different ways. First, the utility. Um, at, the, at the first level, it, it allows the utility to develop solar capacity. And we'll get to business models uh, perhaps a little bit later, but um, they can now do, go ahead with a solar project um, for whatever reasons they're, they're, they're interested in developing a solar project. Um, it's usually going to be more cost-effective. It's certainly more cost-effective than having disparate rooftop solar systems throughout the community. Um, because of the the scale, um, it is a good way to uh, promote your utility to um, show the rest of the community that you are interested in uh, renewable generation and are developing capacity as such. Um, I think from a financial standpoint, it's also preferable than having distributed solar or rooftop solar and having net metering. It's a way for you to, I think as a utility, more carefully control costs. And also having a a larger system than several distributed systems in terms of having control of your system and being able to more clearly know the types of resources that you have at your disposal, uh, that provides a benefit than having disparate solar rooftop uh, systems. From the customer standpoint, it gives them an opportunity to participate in solar and uh, in a way that they wouldn't have in many other situations. There is a statistic that about 49% of households simply cannot host a a photovoltaic system. So for at least half of customers, and that's for customers who own their own homes and not not to mention uh, renters, they don't have the ability to install rooftop solar um, and aside from the economics. So this gives them an opportunity to participate in solar. Um, plus there's also the financial benefits that may accrue from uh, participating in community solar. And again, we can explain that in a little more detail, but for customers, they can subscribe to the, to the, 
to the uh, rooftop, excuse me, to the community solar system. And uh, over time, it, it will, they can uh, see some benefits to their bills. And again, it's just the idea that they can participate in solar energy in a way that they wouldn't be able to uh, previously. Great. Um, so just wanted to drill down in terms of public power specifically. Could you talk about how active public power utilities have been to date in terms of pursuing community solar projects? Uh, yes. Uh, we don't have, unfortunately, an exact detailed list of every public power uh, project, but I've been uh, for a number of years trying to uh, piece together an ad hoc list. And there are a number of public power systems. Um, in in most states, there's at least one public power community that has developed a community solar project. In a lot of ways, community solar is a natural um, evolution from public power uh, because it is so community-based. The idea that you develop a project that that multiple members or really multiple customers can participate in, it's something that naturally fits the public power model. So we've seen systems ranging in size, as I mentioned before, from maybe even 500 kilowatts um, to um, four or five megawatt systems. That, um, and throughout the country, um, there are obviously some parts of the country, for example, in Arizona, several of our larger systems have community solar programs uh, just because of the natural availability of, of solar. Uh, but we're seeing it. Uh, some some of our initial projects were in Washington State. Uh, Seattle City Light has several community solar projects, for example. Um, but even in North Dakota, Minnesota, areas that you wouldn't necessarily associate with solar have developed community solar programs. So um, I would say our our members or public power utilities are um, have been pretty active um, in this area. Putting a spotlight on the on the workbook itself, um, just to kind of set the stage in terms of um, the backstory behind it. Can you talk about APPA's role in the development of the workbook? Absolutely. Uh, APPA for a couple of years now has been in uh, partnership with uh, the National Community Solar uh, Partnership. Um, and this, the NCSP, uh, which was created by the Department of Energy a couple of years ago, was um, met to provide market data, resources, peer networking, and technical assistance to support the goal of enabling community solar to power the equivalent of about 5 million households. So this is an ambitious project. NCSP, again, is, is meant to facilitate um, more community solar projects. And so as part of this, uh, APPA uh, was, was fortunate enough to um, join with this, with this project. And we developed in partnership with them the, this community solar, excuse me, municipal, municipal community solar working group. Um, so what this was, was a part of, it was a membership of seven public power utilities. And these were disparate utilities, both in terms of size, uh, geographic location, but also in terms of their experience with community solar. Uh, some of the members of the working group already had had developed a couple of projects and were interested in developing more. Um, some were on the precipice of developing community solar projects, and others had really no experience whatsoever with community solar, but really were learn trying to learn uh, whether or not it was appropriate for them and if they were going to go through with the projects to perhaps learn how to best develop those projects. Um, and so this community solar working group met for, um, had a, we had a series of meetings with them uh, over seven months. And basically what this working group did, was, with this working, with this uh, working group 
paper does is reflect the conversations and some of the lessons learned from that. And so APPA staff, and I'd, I'd like to single out here, if I could, uh, Madison Wendell and Piper Rasmussen, who were uh, integral in, in getting this published and getting it promoted. Uh, unfortunately, neither are with APPA anymore, but they did, they were essential in developing this uh, report. Um, and so uh, we've published it about a month ago, actually less than a month ago, a few weeks ago, and uh, hope folks are uh, get a lot of information from it. Great. Um, so could you talk about what is included in the workbook? Yes. So at a just at a high level, it what we have is really a set of questions and considerations for utilities who are considering solar pro, uh, community solar projects. What this is is not a set of predetermined outcomes or things that utilities should do necessarily. But what we're providing is a list of resources and questions and considerations that people or excuse me utilities that are considering community solar really need to think about carefully um and we also have in, in each chapter and there's seven chapters to reflect the the working group meetings um that all have an equity call out so really focusing in on considerations rela related to equity so and I'll just walk through as quickly as I can the seven chapters and what they talk about. So the first chapter, it's about defining goals. What are the goals of the utility in in in, in uh, developing a project? Are you concerned about equity inclusion? Is it? Um, are you looking for the environmental benefits, or perhaps supporting an RPS, uh, or are you simply looking to create a a, a form of backup power? Uh, other considerations you need to think about, you know, which customer types are going to be included? Is this purely for residential customers? Is it going to be a mix of residential and commercial? Um, what kind of rate design are you looking to incorporate? Um, are you going to add storage to this project as well? Um, so that's just some of the questions that, that we start ask at the outset. And then the second chapter go, gets into gauging market potential and customer appetite. So here we're just urging utilities to identify gaps in existing solar programs, if you have any existing solar programs, and where community solar might fit in. To take a look at the demographics of, the, of your service area to develop a project that best uh, uh, serves the needs of the folks in your community. You show, we're also encouraging folks to look at market design and, and developing, perhaps developing surveys to um, inquire into your customers about what what are their interests and if there's any interest in community solar. Uh, the third chapter really looks at choosing a site. This is really important. Where are you going to put um, the project? Um, and some of the questions, again, narrowing down um, uh, the, the, the amount of area in your service territory based on physical feasibility. You know, where are the areas in your service territory that are going to be best adapted to getting as much solar energy as possible and maximizing your solar potential? What are the conditions of the site? What are the things that you're not thinking about, including zoning and, uh, again, community preferences about where the, the projects are sited? Um, the fourth chapter um, looks at um, program design um, and subscription models. And so this is kind of getting into the economics of the program and some of the considerations, again, whether or not you want to have an anchor tenant. An anchor tenant is, is maybe a larger customer who subscribes to a larger portion. The advantage of having an anchor tenant for, is you, you have a little bit more stability there because that 
that that customer is providing a kind of a, a steady source on the, of of income. Um, do you want to have what what is your participant mix? Again, do you want it to be more residential? Uh, do you want to also have a carve out for low or moderate income customers? Um, do you want to have subscription minimums and maximums? Meaning, is there going to be a minimum amount you can purchase or a maximum amount any customer can purchase? Should there be term limits? What are the fees going to be? Um, is it going to be a project-based system? Meaning, is it going to be a, where a customer sends up for a specific project? Or is it going to be a portfolio-based where a customer might, if you've got multiple sites, they can sign up for the, the general a- average output of it? You know, whether or not there's going to be upfront fees or a locked-in rate? So, and these are other important considerations. You know, how are you basically billing your customers? You know, the upfront fees where a customer might pay a certain amount, let's say, for example, $500 to participate for, but but their rate is locked in. So over, after a couple of years, the amount of um, their paying is actually lower than the average rate of electricity. Uh, or do they pay kind of on a fixed monthly rate? Uh, so those are some of the considerations. And then exploring the project economics, that's the fifth chapter, and it's really you know matching your fees, the project needs, developing modeling to really know what your requirements are. What do you really need to get? How much do you need to, uh, in, 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 uh, how much do you need in rates to recoup the costs? And then it's, uh, the sixth chapter gets into developing requests for proposals, kind of guidance again on questions of when you're when you're finally reaching the point where you want to invest in a project um, how do you set up an RFP and then the final chapter is focused on marketing um, what are the considerations you need and what are the best practices for marketing the program so you get the, you maximize your subscription base is there the one thought uh, question occurred to me um, after you went through the, the various chapters um, and I had thought about this earlier with respect to site selection, does that rise above some of the other um, considerations and or challenges related to community solar? Or is it really hard to say if there's one that's more, more, more of a challenge than the others? I don't know if there's one that's more um, of a challenge than others. I think they're all, I think your the economic considerations are pretty important. Okay. What 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 goes into you know what, how are we going to set up the rates and how are we going to ensure that you don't wind up holding the bag so to speak? I think that's pretty important. But right. um, site selection I think is important because you also have to figure out how are we going to maximize the potential for this program or for right. the um, output. Okay, great. Um, and, and just kind of drilling down um, in terms of the things that the workbook uh, talks about, it notes there are numerous ownership and management models that public power utilities um, could use to develop a community solar project. Can you offer additional details on those models? Yeah, and, and it's not unlike um, the models that you see for just general uh, renewable ownership, um, because uh, until recently, public power uh, was un- unable to claim the uh, uh, tax credit for right. renewable generation. So um, uh, in a lot of cases, public power utilities generally engage in power purchase agreements as opposed to gener- um, developing their own solar. So it's somewhat similar in terms of community community solar where we have utilities who can finance, install, own, and maintain the systems themselves. Um, the other consideration is how much do you manage customer subscriptions and then, then there is more of a hybrid approach where you have third parties who can 
um, come in and even manage your subscriptions for you can actually do most of the day-to-day activity. Or maybe you handle the customer subscription, but you have a PPA for the power. So in most cases, I think that it's the case where public power utilities will engage with a with a, with a third-party contractor who, who actually installs and develops the project. And then the utility works with that third party pretty closely in in, in terms of uh, recouping the, the, the cost of that project. And then there is another option kind of uh, uh, basically, again, you see this with with utility scale solar, where, where the utility may have the option after a number of years to purchase the system outright and manage themselves. So it really comes down to, I think the models are whether or not the utility 100% wants to invest and manage the manage it all by themselves, whether or not they want to work primarily with a third party or basically a hybrid approach where they are working very closely with a third party doing some of the day-to-day activities, but also allowing the third party to help um, kind of do the maintenance and, and installation of the, of the, of the panels. And with respect to the the universe of third parties specifically related to community solar projects, there's obviously a fairly well established universe of, of third parties that you know if, if public power utility X decided that they wanted to pursue that third party approach, that they could they could look at a pretty wide pool of of third parties to look at. Yeah, I mean, there were a number of, uh, and I don't want to name any right, right. one in particular, but yes, there are there are several pretty w- well-established uh, um, um, organizations, and, and both both uh, that will help in terms of the finances, in terms of program management, and obviously in terms of the capacity itself. So there's basically third parties for for almost every step. And there's one third party I do want to mention because I, I think I failed to mention them, and they were they're an integral part of the whole NSP. And CSP mm-hmm. um, project with APP, and that's the National Renewable Energy Laboratory. Uh, and, uh, and I want to single out Joyce McLaren, who has been working with APP staff, and Anna Belzar, who is working with uh, DOE, uh, and they have been an integral part of working with APP on this on this product and the working group. Uh, and of course, DOE and NREL and other uh, similar labs all are also good third party um, providers. NREL does, for example, I mentioned modeling. Um, they have a, a, a model that can help you figure out the economics of your solar program. And they're working, I think, with uh, LADWP on, on a major renewables project right now. I, I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Okay, great. Well, Paul, thanks again for, for taking the time out of your day to speak with us. Um, and I just wanted to let uh, listeners who may be interested in finding the workbook, uh, noting that it's available for download on APPA's website, which is publicpower.org. Click on the Topics tab on the homepage and then click on the Distributed Energy Resources section. Thanks for listening to this episode of Public Power Now. Be sure to check out past episodes and learn more at publicpower.org slash podcast. Public Power Now comes to you from the American Public Power Association and is produced by APPA Digital Content Director David Blaylock. I'm Paul Schimpoli, and we'll have more from the world of public power next week. Mm-hmm.